What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Jiu-Jitsu Secrets Podcast. My name is Jason Hill, if you guys don't already know. I appreciate all your guys' support and uh, good feedback that I've had on the podcast. I get emails and questions uh, pretty frequently, so that's pretty cool to hear. You know, I don't charge anything um, for you guys on this podcast, so only thing I ask is that you guys leave it, you know, five stars, maybe a good review. You know, shoot me some content ideas to participate in contribute to the greater good of the podcast. So today's focus, I wanted to talk about uh, training jujitsu as a smaller person, um, specifically as a smaller white belt. This is what I was when I was first new at jujitsu, especially as a white belt. I was smaller. I was only about 130-ish pounds. So I understand a lot of the pain that small people go through in training jujitsu which is kind of ironic because that is really what the art from my understanding was intended for. A lot of the art was intended to learn how to use leverage, body mechanics, so that way if you needed to protect yourself, you could do that against a bigger and stronger person. Now, as jiu-jitsu grows in popularity, there are bigger guys that are training jiu-jitsu and just overall, you know, if you're smaller and you're newer, you're getting crushed <laughs> a lot more frequently, it seems like. So I have a plan to do a whole other podcast in the future about uh, training jiu-jitsu as a bigger guy because they have problems too. It's just a different um, type of focuses that they have to worry about. So smaller people in jiu-jitsu, white belts is going to be the topic of this. So even if you are not this, but maybe you have a training partner that is similar to this profile or you're a coach or you help coach this is some helpful information that you can maybe relay. Like I said, it's based upon my own main accounts and these are the mistakes that I made and things that looking back now, I wish I would have focused on. And one of the first ones was this idea of associating being in the bottom position as negative versus being a positive and just accepting reality. Um, I think a lot of times when you first learn jujitsu, you know, you're taught things like the rear naked choke Um, arm locks on top, uh, Americanas on top, and and you're taught these ideas of being on top is a dominant position, which it is, and that's where you want to be, especially, you know, if you're in a fight, we always preach that you want to be on top, you don't want to be on the bottom, all of that stuff, which is 100% true. So I think, though, what happens is when students first start sparring in the beginning of their career, and then they go out and they try to employ that philosophy or strategy against someone who knows as much of them or even more and is bigger than them, it just doesn't work the way that they thought it would. They had this expectation that they're learning all of these moves and they're seeing all these top positions and they're going to be able to catch her naked chokes. And then the reality is they're stuck on bottom for, you know, every round for the first two years of their career. Not really. It's not two years, but it feels like it's two years for a while. And it starts to breed, I think, a sense of negativity to the bottom position as opposed to just making it positive and figuring out how to get out of there faster, right? And that's what I call the suck system, you know, training the things that you're really sucky at first. And usually for smaller white belts, that's going to be in the bottom position. So that is one aspect that I wish I would have paid a lot more attention to in the beginning of my jujitsu career. And I had to pay attention to it because I was forced to it, but it was like, I would try to get out as fast as I could. I wouldn't actually like spend 
time in there trying to develop techniques from there, trying to really mindfully train from those positions. I was just trying to get out as fast as I could because I wanted to get to these um, top dominant positions that you're kind of always preached to and and taught to, all that stuff. So the next thing I I wish I would have kind of quieted or I made a mistake on was kind of outside focuses. A lot of times I would, as a smaller white belt, be thinking about, oh, well, maybe if I got a little bit stronger, maybe if I got a little bit faster, maybe if I conditioned my body more, it would help these other areas of my training. And a lot of times that's just kind of a pipe dream. It's like you're putting a bandaid over a bigger problem that's not really going to fix the issue. Um, Do I think weightlifting and getting stronger does help? Absolutely. But I've done a whole separate podcast on this topic before. You should never substitute like going to the gym or, you know, doing some other outside focus in the intent that it's going to make your jujitsu better and you skip a jujitsu class. So if I'm like, I want to get better at jujitsu, this is my main goal, my main priority. I'm going to skip jujitsu class tonight to go work out. That just doesn't make sense. Now, if you're hurt or if you're injured and you can't go to class or something, then by all means, it's doing something physically active and and whatever. But I'm just talking about people who have a sound body and sound mind being like, huh, I want to get better at jujitsu. So I'm going to skip jujitsu class and go get stronger. That's never going to pay off for you, especially if you're a smaller white belt. Because at the end of the day, if you're smaller, there's only so much size and mass that you can add before it just doesn't really have that much benefit. So we don't want to focus too much on the outside ideas of training or jujitsu. Those are great compliments, but in my opinion, they shouldn't be main focuses at a certain stage of your jujitsu career. So the next thing I know I did not do a lot is be as patient as possible. So this kind of goes with the idea of being in the bottom. Um, You know, it's, you know, the negativity is one aspect, but one way that you can make that bottom position a lot more positive in a viewpoint is making sure you're patient with what you're doing in jujitsu. So, you know, if you're in the bottom of the mount, if you just spaz out like a wet cat and you don't know really what you're doing, and you're just trying to hurry and get out, that's not being patient. Or maybe you're in the bottom of side control and your first escape just didn't work. So you just try the next 70 escapes that you maybe can think about versus being patient and waiting for your opponent or training partner to make the mistake. Now, once again, I know some people are gonna be like, well, that doesn't work in competition. Well, that that wouldn't work in a real life street fight because I don't wanna be patient in a street fight. I understand that, but you're not in a street fight when you're in training. You're trying to find these windows of opportunities when you're training. And so in a street fight, you're not training against your brown belt buddy in the gym or your black belt buddy in the gym. In a street fight, they're going to be creating opportunities all the time. It's about you being patient and recognizing the opportunities against skilled individuals. When you can become a master at spotting those opportunities or those windows or those times to capitalize... That's where you start to see your jujitsu take it to the next level. So you need to be patient. And that could even mean being on top. You know, sometimes being on top or getting to these other positions and just ramming 
a submission down people's throat or ramming a type of takedown down people's throat, I mean, it can have benefit, but it's not really the idea about training or improving. So being patient and looking for your windows of opportunity is crucial, especially during training. Okay. I think there's a weird, this is a whole side topic. There's a weird idea that people feel like that the way that they train needs to be identical to the way that they're going to go compete or how they're going to be in a street fight. If you did that, your body's going to break down and not last. And I know people are like, well, you're going to, you know, the way that you train is the way you're going to compete or all this stuff. And I don't, I don't really buy that. I think that if you know how to train and you're training appropriately and you understand there's two different switches and you know how to turn them off and on, I don't think that should be an issue. Just my opinion. But anyway, next part is after being patient, what you want to think about is for a smaller guy, I wish I would have made sweeps some of my greatest weapons in the beginning of my career. If I had to give you guys some offensive strategy, this would be it. Um, we all think about, once again, going back to the first day we were in jujitsu. We want to get to the back and do rear naked chokes and start strangling people and doing these just these dominating and imposing style of attacks. But in reality, that's very hard if you're the smaller uh, individual who is less skilled. But one area that you can start developing some offense in is sweeping. So a lot of times if you're going to be doing takedowns, against people who are much bigger than you, it's very hard to get successful takedowns. It's just what it is because they're bigger and takedowns is a true game of strength and size a lot of times. Now, skill is a thing on takedowns, but you know, at the end of the day, even if you have a great takedown, mass matters. But what's cool about jujitsu and especially a, co a concept like sweeping is it's a really mechanically powerful positions, especially certain sweeps like a hip bump sweep, um, if someone stands up over you, being able to knock them down and using, you know, their force and uh, gravity on your side, being able to pull them down is really kind of a cool aspect of jujitsu. So I wish I would have spent more time developing my sweeps early on when I was a smaller white belt, whether that be from, you know, close guard, half guard, butterfly guard, lasso guard, daily heave guard, whatever, whatever guards you like to play really focus on the sweeping component of that guard now i know you're going to be wanting to do triangles and you're wanting to be arm locks and you're going to want to do a bunch of cool stuff you know to get the finish because you're like well if i could just finish them i don't even have to sweep them i understand that but the finishes are a lot higher on a skill hierarchy to get good at um and two if you want me to go into attack philosophy which is a whole separate tangent Usually, submissions are best combined with sweeps. So if I can make somebody fear the sweep or get them to post their base, it opens up the opportunity for submission in the future. If you just try to ram a submission down somebody's throat and they defend it, usually you don't have a sweep there as a backup. It's not a, it's not a correlation relationship. Usually a sweep, it will always lead to some kind of a submission if they counter. It's usually not the opposite way. I don't want to say never because I'm sure there are off the top of my head. I can't think of too many, but in the other way, there's a bunch, you know, you go for like a pendulum or a flower sweep from the close guard. If someone does a common base, then, you know, you have a triangle to hit right there or, or a plata. So there's, there's so many, um, correlations between sweeps and, uh, submissions. 
So if you're wanting to become a little bit more offensive as a white belt, really get comfortable in that bottom position. And this is one way to make that bottom position become more positive is being able to develop some sweeping components from it. And then the last piece of advice I would give you guys as a smaller white belt is don't run from the small man jujitsu game just in general. So the small man jujitsu game usually comprises this idea of being in the bottom position, kind of everything that we talked about, being in the bottom position, being patient, watching for your opportunities. The best way you're probably going to get on top of people is by sweeping and then getting to people's back. That's a whole separate tangent about how to play top position as a small guy because that's a whole different uh, roundabout of a podcast, which I can go into maybe another time. But there's kind of this idea of what a small man game is. And I think a lot of times with ADCC and a lot more sport kind of becoming a little bit more popular, um, you know, like the rule set of ADCC, just for example, favors wrestling heavy style uh, grappling. It favors, you know, takedowns. Like you get negative points if you pull guard. You get negative points if these things happen. Well, if I'm a 130-pound guy or 150-pound, 55 I think is the smallest in ADCC, um, and you're going to fight like one of those heavyweight guys, you trying to take one of those guys down is like it's a feat of spectacularity if you're able to – I don't even know that's a real word. It's a feat to be accomplished if you can actually do that. So like ADCC, it also favors all the bigger guys. As the rule sets have changed over time, it favors bigger people. That's why you don't see smaller people winning in general because like if I was a small guy and I'm trying to use like legitimate strategy with leverage and mechanics, I would never try to take down one of those bigger guys because the risk is too great. If I shoot in or if I try to take them down and I miss, they're going to be on top of me and now I've got to fight this mass off top of me. My best chance is to pull guard, try to get up underneath of them, knock them down and try to get on top. So it's just, it's interesting that the new style of jujitsu that's becoming more sportive i guess if you would call it that um it's encouraging people not to play certain styles that are dictated by their body type i think which i think is a large component of jujitsu like if i have a bigger student i'm going to coach them differently than if i have a smaller student like i think that's just being wise i think if you don't do that um you're not being honest with your student and i think the way that people make true progress is being as honest about themselves as possible. So don't run away from the small man game. Learn about the small man game. Some guys that I really enjoy studying who have great small man games are obviously the greats like, you know, Marcelo Garcia. Um, he has a great small man game. What did he make famous? The butterfly guard. Um, I love Crone's game. Crone's not that big of a guy. He has a great jujitsu game. Um, who else do I like? Um, I like Gary Tonin as a smaller guy. You know, he usually competes, but he's sometimes a little too, like, spazzy and athletic. Uh, and I, can, I just can't do some of the things that he can do. Um, same thing with the Rotolo brothers. I really like them, but they're super athletic. I like some of the stuff they can do. They have really long arms and really long legs. But, like, the Mendez brothers, like, especially Hoffa Mendez wasn't that big. Um, so I really liked a lot of the stuff that he did. He, he made, you know... Baron Bolo and, and De La Hiva, a very prominent thing. Um, so, you know, these there's these guys that if you watch that are small, they you usually have a certain style. Um, and so don't run from the small man game. I remember I had two guys in my gym 
no, they weren't small, but it was like that they would, um, over time, they would move away from doing things like that when they were smaller into just trying to wrestle and trying to become more of a stand-up, heavy focus style like that versus, um, you know, just accepting their body style and their body types and being able to understand, you know, what they have is what they have. So anyway, there's my tangent for you guys today. Hopefully you guys enjoyed it. Um, yeah. So like I said, please leave this podcast five stars, leave it, leave it a good review, share it with a friend that who might like it, you know, all that stuff's greatly appreciated. And I will uh, see you guys next time. Take it easy.